Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Montana to Portugal. This is your host, Janelle Holden, and what you're listening to is an audio diary of our trip selling our home in Montana and almost all of our belongings and moving to Portugal for at least two years, hopefully longer, and what it's all entailing and what it's taking. I also do interviews with people who are traveling abroad, with Portuguese experts, and just people I find interesting and good friends. So you can hear some of those in previous episodes of the podcast as well. Today, I am recording this podcast in Vermont. I'm in Stowe, Vermont. We are staying at our brother-in-law, at my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's house. It's a, a beautiful place. And we're here to house sit and pet sit for a couple of weeks while they're gone, while we are also waiting for our visas to be approved from the Portuguese consulate. So mid-November, we went to Boston to get our visas approved or to uh, submit the paperwork for approval for a D7 visa for my husband and a digital nomad visa for myself. And... It can take up to 60 days. Uh, I hope it does not take that long. I am leaving for Portugal, even if it doesn't arrive in time before we leave and, or before, um, but yeah, before I leave and we leave, I'm taking my dog, our dog, Loki, who is a 55 pound black lab slash border collie slash baby hound slash I don't know mix and he is 14. He is a senior dog with some arthritis, but otherwise very healthy, and he's getting the arthritis treated. And I'm going to share mostly in this podcast about what it's taking for us to get him to Portugal, which has been even more than I expected, and I expected it would be complicated. (laughs) So actually, let me just back up and state more about the visas and when I'm leaving. So today's December 5th, 2023. If you are listening to this a few months from now, even tomorrow, things may have changed with regulations and visas and all sorts of things. So I highly recommend getting yourself expert help if you can. Some people love to do everything by themselves and I applaud that completely. I like having an assist doing the majority of the work, but then having someone check my work and, you know, making sure that I get assistance where I know I'm just not good at those parts of things. Um, I'm pretty good at paperwork and I'm pretty good at reading things, but I still missed some pretty important components of getting our dog over to the UK and Portugal. And I'm going to share about that here in a minute. We When we originally decided to move, I knew that uh, it was going to take some doing to get him um, over the ocean. And for most people, they fly their dog in some way to Portugal. When I went to get his microchip implanted and his rabies certificate done, which is the first of three appointments that you'll need to get your dog ready to go. So you'll need three vet appointments. It's not just cannot take place just in one vet appointment. So when I went, our vet in Montana said, you know, he's really healthy. He's got 
a strong heart. His blood work looks good. His chest x-rays look good, but he's 14. And I just am worried about him on that, um, on that flight. So that is when I found out more. Well, actually, I had found out about the Queen Mary quite a long time ago before that. But that's when I decided we're going on the Queen Mary, which is a cruise ship from Brooklyn to Southampton, UK. And then I'll share how we're going to get from Southampton, UK to Portugal here in a minute. And on that cruise ship, they allow pets. It's usually booked up, though, for several years in advance. So I got Loki on the wait list in, let's see here, September. I purchased our tickets and got him on the wait list. And then I found out in early November that he was going to get on the ship for sure, which is great news because the other thing that you have to know about flying with a dog is that temperature matters. So there are regulations around the temperature on the tarmac and how cold it can be and how hot it can be. Well, given that we're going into winter, the issue for us is cold. It cannot be colder than 45 degrees on the tarmac. So that's another reason why I wanted to take the cruise ship is that if we needed to take a flight, we would have to drive south, considerably south for him to be able to fly safely. So that said, we're back to September at our first of three appointments. So when The first thing that they require is that your rabies certification and your microchip basically are in sync. If your pet has already been microchipped, gather all of their rabies history, their vaccination history, because you'll need to prove that they were vaccinated prior to the microchip being implanted, and you need to have all that paperwork ready. So get that ready if you haven't yet. And again, things may change. And again, I can be wrong about things. This is just what I've been told by my vets here several times. So I think they're right. But just so you know, double check with your experts as well. So anyway, at that appointment, we got his rabies vaccine. And in the UK, they only want it for one year. Given Loki's age, our vet did the right thing and gave him a three-year dose, but on his rabies certification, on his uh, certificate, it needs to state actually that it expires within a year. So I had to call the vet yesterday, our vet in Montana, and ask them to um, clarify and redo a few things on his certificate. So one was you have to actually put the type of vaccine on the certificate, and Loki's did not have that. It just had rabies small animal. So the actual brand name of the vaccine that you use needs to be on the certificate as well as the spelled out name of the producer, whatever that is, but you'll see it on your rabies certification. Apparently, in when the UK looks at rabies certificates, they want everything spelled out and all the details right. So when you're getting your pet's rabies vaccination and certificates done, double check some of these things with them, double check and go through all of the uh, different areas that are on the certificate so that they're fully filled out. And it's not been a big deal. I was able to call his Montana vet and get them to redo it and send it to me. And he was vaccinated appropriately and all of that. The other thing that happened was he was vaccinated the same day he got his first microchip, which is great because 
he's 14. And I don't know if I could go back and find 14 years of rabies vaccination records. So I'm really happy that happened. Um, And your microchip has to be a certain type of microchip. It has to be one that can be read internationally. So I had to check on that at that September appointment. And fortunately, our vet's office was great. I think they spent several hours on the phone checking with their microchip manufacturer to make sure that it was the right one. So that's another thing to look out for. So if you're planning to travel fairly soon, just know that you have to wait at least with Portugal and the UK, 21 days after the rabies vaccination has been given before you can travel. So I have a friend who has been on this podcast before and she's moving from uh, Florida to back to the UK and then to France and their dog, same thing. They had to go in, get the microchip done, get the rabies vaccine and wait for 21 days before they could bring him over on a plane. Okay, so that's that's appointment number one for your dog. And I had that done. I had that taken care of, thank God, a long time ago. So um, right around Thanksgiving, we went back into a new vet here in Vermont. And I checked to make sure that that vet was USDA certified because Only certain vets are allowed to do the international paperwork. And there is lots of information on the USDA's website. And you can check and see if your vet is one of those who's certified. Uh, It's category one or category two vets. So obviously ask your vet, but you can check and just make sure that they're in the right database. So I went to that appointment. I thought I was at the right, with the right vet. Turns out that vet can't do USDA certifications, that it's only the other people in their office who can, which was fine. She gave Loki some new arthritis medicine. We had a general checkup. We talked through some things and she's like, well, you know, I would definitely get this taken care of before the holidays because I think most of the vets are off during the holidays. And that made me book our second appointment. So... So finding out exactly when to book the next appointment took me three or four days and several offices researching for us. (laughs) So here's what happened. The USDA requires that your animal gets their animal health certificate. Well, actually, the UK does, I think, is the requirement, but... Uh, it's that it gets its animal health certificate, which is um, a lot of paperwork that the vet and you fill out 10 days in advance of arriving in the country. So uh, 10 days or sooner, but you'll need 10 days because not only does your vet have to fill out the paperwork, but then they have to electronically submit or mail it into the USDA to certify the animal health certificate. And We have the holidays coming up, so I was freaking out a little bit because (laughs) I realized when I we board our cruise ship on January 3rd, when I went back 10 days, that is December 24th. And then I also realized, hey, I'm on this cruise ship for eight days, so does that mean, how is that even going to work that he gets his health certificate in time for 
us to arrive in the UK. Well, fortunately, they consider when we get on board that ship as if we are stepping foot in England. So December 24th was okay, except for then I had to find out, does my, is my vet actually working on December 24th? Fortunately, yes, my vet happened to be working on December 24th. I don't know, the gods were in our favor. And so we booked an appointment for first thing in the morning on December 24th. And then that paperwork is going to be electronically submitted to the USDA. And then the USDA is shipping that paperwork to either me or the vet that we're going to see for our third appointment. So let me explain. So the third appointment that your dog has to get before going to the UK, at least, and I'm not sure for Portugal, it could be for all EU countries as well, but at least for the, the UK, they have to get a tapeworm treatment and it's very specific to the hours. So it cannot be less than 24 hours before departing and it can't be more than 120 hours than departing. So basically that's five days and five days is December 29th, which is a Friday. But if I went too early in the day on that Friday and we boarded late in the day on January 3rd, the tapeworm treatment wouldn't count and we wouldn't be able to get on the ship. This is a big deal to me. Obviously, it's it, uh, it's an expensive thing to take a dog on a ship and I've already paid for him. He's got his kennels all set up. He's got two kennels because of his size. So I really want to make sure that we get on this ship and make sure that all of the paperwork is right. So I actually contacted a veterinary group that our cruise ship line works with frequently. It's called Vinegar Hill. They're in Brooklyn. They deal with a lot of international pet transportation because they're in Brooklyn and people are coming in and out all the time from other countries. And they're not that far from the cruise ship. So a lot of people, when I called them, they said, oh, actually, a lot of people come in two or three weeks early and stay in Brooklyn that entire time and get all of their appointments done because it takes three appointments. Like I said, at least 21 days if you're starting from the rabies and microchip. I'm not going to stay in Brooklyn for three weeks. And so, and I was going to just try to get the warming done here in Vermont, but I realized, well, if for some reason he needs something else and we get the timing wrong, it could be kind of dicey. So let's book the appointment for January 2nd, um, you know, the 24 hours before we get on the ship. So... Uh, we are, our appointment on January 2nd, I'm just making sure and thinking to myself is at 10 o'clock in the morning, we will board the ship the next day, somewhere between 12 and three. So I have to have the warming treatment done and signed by a vet. So sometimes the vets will say to you, and one of them did, she's like, oh, we'll just order the treatment. You can take it home with you. Can You can give it to him. Well, no, actually I can't. I mean, I could, but I, they need the vet's signature on the warming. So anyway, I know for those of you who are not doing this, you may not be interested in all the minutia around it, but 
it has taken up a huge amount of time just trying to figure all of that out because the websites are not super clear. If they just said, you can do this in three steps and three appointments with your vet. Wow, this would be a lot easier. But reading through everything multiple, multiple times has been super confusing. So the other thing the Vinegar Hill people told me is that I'm going to need another certificate for the EU. Since Brexit, the UK and the EU, you know, have different forms since the UK is no longer part of the EU. So on the 24th, I'm also going to get an EU certificate filled out because once we get to Southampton, UK, we are then going to drive from there to Portugal. And I'm either going to be driving by myself or with some friends and uh, most likely with friends. Um, But I hired a travel agent yesterday because finding a hotel in Brooklyn that would take a dog of our size of 55 pounds took me almost three hours of work, a reasonably priced hotel. Now, if I had the budget to just go stay at I don't know, the Waldorf or the Four Seasons or something, I'm sure it wouldn't take me that long. But since I was trying to find a decently priced hotel for New York and, you know, get my dog in, it it took a little doing. But we found a place. We were going to stay at the Hampton Inn and uh, it was reasonably priced and he is going to have a little, you know, pet walking area and uh, some green space. Let's put it that that way outside. So that's really helpful. So we're going to stay there for the first and the second. We're going to get on that ship. And then I hired the travel agent to help me figure out what's next after we get to Southampton. Uh, are we going to go through the channel? Are we going to go by ferry to France? How are we actually going to do this? So, um, A friend has offered to drive me and Loki and uh, they're moving though. And so you never know. So I'm, I'm having my travel agent kind of figure out all the logistics, uh, plan A and plan B. And we're going to rent a car either in the UK or in France and then drive from France down to Portugal and either leave the car there or my friend will take it back to the UK. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I could have a degree in logistics by the end of all of this. And that's why I said it's really helpful. You know, if you're retired and this is all that you're doing, great. I am not. And the amount of time that I've had to spend trying to figure this out has been um, really difficult. So that's why I have reached out for some support and help from travel agents who know what they're doing and know how to check paperwork and, you know, are going to make sure that when we, when, when we get to the borders, we're not rejected for some weird reason and stuck in a place that we don't want to be stuck. So it's all going to work out. That is my motto. Everything works out and it has been working out. It's just felt a little crazy and the holidays coming up and I'm I'm singing in a choir and lots going on with my work and clients and everything. That's why I haven't actually, I decided to do this podcast instead of writing an essay on Substack about where we're at and what's going on because 
frankly, this is a lot easier to do. And hopefully it clears up some things for all of you. Most of you, if you're planning to take your dog, will go by air. And there are some, I did a bunch of research on this way back when, and there are some specific regulations around your kennel size, obviously the temperature, you'll want to check out the airline that you're with. There's lots of things to consider with air travel that I haven't had to consider as much, but you'll definitely want to work with someone who knows what they're doing around that or just get great advice and you can probably figure it out. Um, I think possibly Loki's getting Loki in to the UK and the EU may be taking us more work than our own visas, maybe. Um, it's hard to remember now that we're past the point of having submitted all of the paperwork, but now that we're in this, oh, it's crazy. So in other news, just to share with you real quickly, it is cold here in Vermont. Obviously, it's December 5th, and the weather is cloudy, but uh, there's snow on the ground, and it's quite beautiful. I was telling friends that still reminds me of those Thomas Kincaid Christmas villages that people get. They set them up with a little train that goes through the village and stuff. This place is just so quaint and beautiful. Every All of the houses are adorable and amazing. And I still really haven't had a chance to explore it that much. I think I've been to a coffee shop and out to brunch once. And I've been up to the ski hill and did a little bit of hiking. I've been to the Von Trapp Lodge. If you haven't seen my YouTube video where I share some footage of that, that was phenomenal. And, uh, but I really haven't done much at all because we've been so busy getting everything ready for the trip. And today is a very big appointment. I'm going to get my haircut. This is the, and highlighted, this is the final cut and highlight before I enter the UK and Europe. So crossing fingers, I'm going to tell her to do a cut that does not require a whole lot of blow drying or um, work because of the whole electrical units being different in the UK and the EU. Basically, our cruise ship said, do not bring your hairdryer and you, you know, we'll have some available for you. You can use ours. And I know there are adapters and I have adapters and I can use them, but my hairdryer and my um, curling iron are both mm, heavy and I'm really trying to keep everything as light as possible. So probably going to leave those behind, which means I need a haircut that will look good with just brushing my hair. So we'll see. Crossing fingers. I hope that happens. In the meantime, if I have not replied to a message that you've sent, if you're wondering, you know, why I haven't been um, available to talk, a couple of reasons. One is I have just been so focused on getting all these paperwork and all of our deadlines met. And I apologize. Uh, I do. I'm thinking about everybody. I'm thinking about all of our loved ones and friends in Montana all of our loved ones and friends in Colorado. Um, I'm really enjoying being here with family and I'm thinking about all of the people that I love across the world. So 
you are in my heart and I hope this podcast is a nice way for us to catch up. So now you know where I'm at. If you want more essays, videos, behind the scenes, all of that, you can go to my Substack, janelleholden.substack.com. You can either become a free or paying subscriber. I've got perks for each. And I just really appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. It's been a journey thus far. It's been an adventure and that's what we wanted. And I will keep you posted. So cross your fingers for us that all goes well with Loki's paperwork and our journey across the pond. More soon.